you know how how music is a very connective thing even if you don't speak the same language as a, as a musician mm-hmm. if you both know chords i mean you can jam with people and play and make music with people even if you don't speak the same language it's kind of similar with improv if you've been had some amount of training and know the principles like yes and you and and listen listening and responding in the moment and all these things that that you learn um you can actually improvise with people even that if you've never performed with them before Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. I'm your host, Jody Krangle, and this podcast will discuss just how sound influences our behavior. I generally talk about this in the context of advertising and marketing, but there are other places this is important too. I really feel that it plays a much more important role in our lives than maybe we realize. So let's delve a little deeper. This is the first part of my interview with Bob Baker. My next guest describes himself as an inspirationalist. His mission in life is to inspire and empower people, especially creative people, through audio affirmations, books, podcasts, positive music, coaching, guided meditations, art, and improv comedy. He is the author of the highly acclaimed Guerrilla Music Marketing Handbook, and that's how we first met, and many other books, including The Empowered Artist, The DIY Career Manifesto, Unleash the Artist Within, and Branding Yourself Online. He also teaches and performs improv comedy and co-wrote The Improv Comedy Musician with Laura Hall, the longtime pianist and musical director of Whose Line Is It Anyway? In more recent years, his YouTube channel has grown to more than 110,000 subscribers and 11 million-plus channel views. There, he publishes morning affirmations and guided meditations designed to help people live more empowered lives by upgrading their mindset. His name is Bob Baker, and you can find out more about Bob at bobbakerinspiration.com. Settle in, because this will be a good one. Well, thanks for joining me today, Bob. I have been looking forward to this, actually, for a long time, and I think we've had some stops and starts that <laughs> prevented us from getting this done. <laughs> I know. We've had some personal conversations uh-huh, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and talked about setting up and doing a podcast interview, but the day has finally arrived, and I'm so thrilled because, <laughs> yeah, we we go bay, way back. We have a history. We have mm-hmm. a lot of uh, like-minded uh, you know, aspirations in life, and so I'm really thrilled to talk to you. And, yeah. and your listeners yeah. today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. So yeah, I guess we know each other from um, like way back from my Muse's Muse days, which started in like 95. So wow. <laughs> um, I think I probably heard first about your guerrilla marketing book in 97. I think it was probably around there. Yeah. So we, and it's rare for a lot of, a lot of people that are prominent, I guess, in the online, you know, are talking to musicians and, and, and um, you know, about music marketing and building an indie career. A lot of them, you know, talk about how they, oh, I, I've been doing this since 2011. Like, you know, that's, that's a lot of years, you know, certainly. I mean, yeah. it's almost a, God, it's almost a decade now, but you and I go back to the nineties. We are, uh, yeah, we were real trailblazers. Yeah. That's, not to make us feel old. Well, you know what? I don't feel old. It's, you know, it's just, it, it, it 
kind of colors everything that I do, though. Um, and and back then, Muse's Muse was all about music, of course, songwriters and a resource. So I was busy promoting independent musicians, and I know that you were also doing that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, my, and the, that I think the book that you probably discovered me uh, first ran across me was called the Guerrilla Music Marketing Handbook. It was actually my second book, but it was my first self-published book. Most of my the 15 plus books that I put out over the years have been independently published by mm-hmm. myself. But I had cobbled together a, a collection of articles that I'd written for a newspaper that I published in my own my hometown here of St. Louis, Missouri. Did it many years ago, but I did that for a decade. And I uh, published it in a, initially in a three ring binder. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking it was like 1996. Um, which is way back when. Um, and uh, yeah, that's kind of the book that put me on the map um, as an author and with the uh, music community. And that's how we connected too. So that I'm, I'm, a, lot of, a lot of blessings have come as a result of pursuing this path. Yeah, I remember that book and I remember it was really groundbreaking at the time. So yeah, thanks for putting that out. <laughs> you're you're welcome. It's still I mean, I've updated it many times over the years. It's still available and used in using classrooms, you know, colleges sure. around the world to to this day. So mm-hmm. it's very cool. It's actually a really interesting now that you describe um how you put it together, it's a really interesting study in how you can repurpose um uh, stuff that you've already done. Um, so I love that idea <laughs> and lots of people are using it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's all sorts of ways to repurpose. I mean, certainly in, in the social media world, you can take a blog post and you can read it and turn it into a podcast. You can take that audio and add images and turn it into a, a video. So that's a common thing. Um, but yeah, I, I've written books in all sorts of ways. I have written books from scratch, you know, front uh, start to finish, but um, a, n- a number of my books were compilations of blog posts that I put together in an order that made sense for me. I beefed them up, added new sections to, you know, to, mm-hmm. to fill out whatever the, the uh, topic was. But yeah, why, uh, why we'll just get one use out of something when you can get three or five or <laughs> 10 uses out of it? Totally true. And, and anyone who's listening who might be interested in creating, um, you know, downloadable formats of something that they think might be useful, um, even if it's just a compilation of a bunch of blogs that you've done, uh, it's still really useful to make a compilation because that way the people who are interested don't have to go through every single thing you've written over your career. <laughs> they can just, you know, download this one thing and they have right. it all at their fingertips. And, so, And there's a mental block with people saying, oh, I don't have time to write an entire book because it seems like such a great, a grand undertaking. And it, it can it can be. But writing one short blog post at a time um, is something that's doable, especially when you're not burdened by, oh, this has to be a big, you know, complete uh, end up with a, being the complete guide to whatever your topic is. Just chip away at it, write a little bit. And over time, you might uh, just com- be able to compile them into your first ebook or Book. Yeah, yeah, you never know. Well, I'm going to take this into uh, true audio, audio book podcast. too. Yes, <laughs> I'm going to take it back to audio a little bit um, by asking you what your first interest in voice really was. I mean, I know that you're also a musician, so yeah. how did you develop an interest in this? So yeah, it's funny in, in kind of anticipating our discussion today. I mean, it's something that I've realized a lot many times uh, over the the years, but especially as in the context of this interview, I'm kind of realizing how important using my voice has been throughout my entire life. I mean, if I go way back, Mm -hmm. uh, I remember 
and and I and I believe that people that are actually following their right livelihood. You know, I've been self-employed uh, for many for many years, and not everyone can claim this, but I think you often find that your the way you make a living, you can trace those interests back to childhood. Again, not everyone, but I certainly it certainly applies to me. So music and the written word were certainly some interests that I, that I had. But as I uh, but but I realized that using my voice is something that goes back to 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 being a kid too. I remember I could. I, I would do like silly voices. I would do, I was, I was amazed by the impressionists. I, I think back, back then it was like Rich Little and Frank Gorshin were on the Tonight Show and they mm-hmm. would impersonate the celebrities and politicians of the day. And I was fascinated by that and I would try to mimic them. Um, but, but I could, if I could make my mom laugh, if I could make my friend, because I was kind of socially awkward, like a lot of, a lot of kids are you know, <laughs> yeah. when I was younger. Um, but if I found that I could make people laugh, um, I could connect with people and it kind of broke down whatever awkwardness I was, I was, I was feeling. So yeah, from a young age, I realized the power of using my voice and, and using it to get different sounds to come out of my, of my mouth mm-hmm. uh, was an impactful thing. So, but I didn't really kind of like, yeah, it was actually in anticipation of this interview that I kind of really realized that, wow, it really goes back. Um, and what then, about the music end of things? Like, yeah, because I know, yeah, like that's an early uh, influence as well, obviously. So <laughs> totally. Yeah. So like middle school and certainly uh, I started plunking around on acoustic guitar and then I was playing in bands by the time I was in high school. Um, and I was uh, yeah, I was pretty much a singer, uh, even though. Yeah, I kind of learned as I went along, but I was always the, one of the main or primary singers in all the bands that I've been in. I was also the guy who um, was more eager to talk to the audience in between songs. Like a lot of musicians, you probably know this too. Oh, yeah. Um, well, just if they say anything, it's like, here's a song about a rabbit. And then, <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. That is the hard end. Like, yeah. <laughs> I always find that really difficult. Like, I, I'm i like you. I, I performed a lot, but I never really developed the MC ability, which I guess is what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not sure where that came from because, I, like I said, I was kind of a shy kid, but I felt like inside of me there was an innately this kind of entertainment entertainer or this fun-loving personality that was eager to come out that was just being kind of held back by these these insecurities so I guess mm-hmm. I just pushed past it and and like a lot there's a lot of people that were are, are shy off stage but they come alive in front of an audience and even though I had to adjust to that I had to get used to the you know get over the nerves and all that stuff like everyone does um yeah I really enjoyed and, and I used humor a lot uh, uh and telling cracking jokes and 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 but talking to the audience and engaging with them and I've done a lot of you mentioned the word M- MC I've done a lot of that work too mm-hmm. uh over the years in comedy and music and introducing people and uh and I found myself often going into my like FM DJ voice when I was playing that <laughs> role. The announcer, yeah. hey, welcome everybody. You know, I, I would like, <laughs> and I don't even know where it came from. I never really had any official training, but I knew I had to sort of like play, you had to play a role. Uh, I've also been involved in theater and then acting. So maybe that ties in to, to, to that, but I it would bring out. Hopefully it comes across as authentic, but I would, if I'm going to be an announcer, I've got to engage people. I've got to be upbeat, um, you know, so I would kind of snap into this 
this role of the MC, uh, and then had then your voice has to match that or, or or you know enhance that instead of being up there and going, "Welcome to the party." We're gonna <laughs> yeah, it does great... make it a lot more engaging. But yeah. to that point, I want to ask you about improv because I know that improv has probably helped you a lot in all of this, and you teach it, right? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I first well, the number of things happen in my well <laughs> in my mid twenties. I'm gonna show tell my age here, but in 1985, uh-huh. I was in my mid-20s, uh-huh. and a couple of things. I did improv for the first time, and I formed my first improv troupe. Mm-hmm. Um, it was half improv, like you, like you would see on Whose Line Is It Anyway, or at, sec, at Second City. Um, and then there was a, that particular group was half sketch comedy, too. So there was, it was, because I did it, I formed it with a group of theater friends. So we were all used to doing scripted you know, plays. But we were big fans of Saturday Night Live, so we liked the sketch comedy aspect. We liked the improv aspect. So I started. That's the first time I did improv. It always fascinates me. It it intimidates the heck out of a lot of people to not have a script and just you know be flying by the seat. I'm of your- one of them. Yes, <laughs> but but I found it invigorating. Uh, Especially when you know the principles and you're performing with a group of people who also know the principles, perhaps you know each, I mean, it helps to know each other and have performed together. But it's kind of like me, you you know how how music is a very connective thing, even if you don't speak the same language as a a musician, Mm -hmm. if you both know chords, I mean, you can jam with people and play and make music with people, even if you don't speak the same language. It's kind of similar with improv. If you've been had some amount amount of training and know the principles like yes and you and and listen listening and responding in the moment and all these th- things that that you learn um you can actually improvise with people even that if you've never performed with them before mm-hmm. but another thing i did in that in that same year was i went to my first open mic night uh, yeah open mic night at the funny bone a local comedy club and i, I ended up doing stand-up comedy off and on for like 15 years. It wow. was part time, but it was consistent at different stages. And um, I'm sure you learn a lot. Yeah. And so that in particular, certainly you use your voice with improv, but I noticed with I kind of with stand-up comedy and then doing theater and acting, um, boy, the how you use your voice is like really crucial. Like in comedy, for instance, you've got there's timing. There's like setting up the joke. There's delivering the punchline, mm-hmm. uh, even use of pauses. You know, like a lot of people uh, in public speaking, sometimes if they're nervous in particular, you feel like, and I, I used to do this and probably still do to some extent, that <laughs> 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 you feel like you need to fill every every spare second, you know, yes. with talking. And actually pauses can be very effective. But as opposed to improv, stand-up comedy, it's, it's a routine. You know, you develop this... The set where actually the, the delivery, where you pause, how you say the line to get the most effect. And so without even realizing it, yeah, I learned how to use my voice um, with, in, with comedy, too. Uh, because and, and you have an immediate feedback loop with the audience. If you deliver it in a certain way and it gets a laugh and you can repeat that d- delivery the next night with a different crowd and it gets a similar laugh, then... Um, you know you're onto something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But I never really thought of it in terms of um, using my voice to get an effect. And I guess that's really what you're like. I think the mission of the podcast and what you, you do is using your voice in a certain way 
to get a response from a listener, right? Well, I'm a little biased in that in in that, you know, it's kind of my livelihood. So <laughs> Yeah. So in that respect, I'm doing it on behalf of a client who wants to reach their audience. So right. slightly different thing, but yeah. But still, but you have to but still the the principle is that you're using your voice to get a response from the listener. There may not Oh, so totally. You, you, yeah. So you have to know what the client's, uh, 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 um, what do you call it, their goal is, what, what yeah. response are they wanting to get out of the people that hear this. A so lot of that times you... it's instinctual. Yeah. But yeah, from the way that the script is written. And in your case, if you, you know, have decided on a, a skit or a, um, you know, something that you're doing on a regular basis mm-hmm. to reach your audience, then yeah, you're honing that as you go along. Um, I'm curious about what tips you would give people for public speaking, because it occurs to me that all of this would be really useful for people who speak in public. Yeah. And it's so for better or worse, most of, I've done a lot of things in my, in my life. And I have to admit, even though I don't, recommend this for everyone. I, I've gotten only a handful of times have I actually gotten training. Like I never had vocal lessons or <laughs> yeah, really yeah. had guitar lessons. I uh, have never taken a public, I mean, I've attended, I guess, some kind of public later in life, uh, public speaking best, best tips, but I, I mostly learned by doing, you know, and maybe we'll talk about this too. I learned by observing other people doing something that I thought would be really fun, mm-hmm. observing how they did it, and then what I liked about what they did, what I didn't like about what you know, different speakers or different people do, and then try to incorporate the things that resonated with me into whatever. And that applies to music. It applies to writing. But with public speaking, yeah, it's the greatest fear of most human beings. <laughs> yes. It's well <laughs> documented. Um, mm-hmm. And here's the thing. While you can do like... We'll, we'll talk about my affirmations and positive thinking stuff in YouTube probably in a little, in a little, a little bit. Sure. But certainly... There's a certain amount of of uh, you 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 can do some some work about feeling worthy and having a message and all that, um, but you don't learn. But public speaking has to come by doing. No, you can't intellectualize. You know, I'm going to be confident when I'm out there. You just have to do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, get out there and it'll be awkward. Your first talk, I buy early talks were horrible. Um, um, but you realize, oh, I survived that. I'm <laughs> still alive. So give yourself <laughs> I, permission to fail. <laughs> ex- exactly. Yeah. Uh, and just know that you're going to look back on anything that you do early on and you're going to say, oh, well, I've come so far. That's what you want. I mean, you don't want to look back a year from now and go, oh, I'm pretty much the same. You should listen <laughs> to some of my earlier interviews. Yeah. <laughs> I know how this happens. <laughs> we all learn from from uh, from doing, and you get more and more comfortable at it. And so, basically, I would, yeah, if you want to do more public speaking and use your voice to inspire or educate or entertain, I have this part of some, one of my actually one of the in the more recent um, edition of the Guerrilla Music Marketing Handbook in a in a piece on uh, like social media and what type of content to share. I talk about the three E's of communication, mm-hmm. and generally speaking, you're either trying to educate entertain or enlighten okay and enlighten you can also use the word in 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 inspire so usually when you're you're yeah you're speaking publicly or doing a podcast you're trying to teach somebody something or or uh, um, offer some factual information or you're trying to entertain them make them laugh make them um you know go along on a, on a ride with you with a story or whatever or enlighten you want to inspire them to mm-hmm. think about some way in a something you know in a different way so it's the same purpose with um public speaking and you just have to another another great tip that i uh 
don't know if I read it somewhere, but I've given this advice to, to people who feel nervous about speaking to an audience. If you're feeling nervous or self-conscious, it's because you're focusing more on the messenger, which is you, mm-hmm. as opposed to the message. So the more, and this is a, a, an improv uh, principle too, your best skill that you can develop as an improviser is listening and being present. Mm-hmm. So if you're struggling in an improv scene, it's because you're in your head instead of being in the moment. So when you're trying to come up with the next interesting thing to say, you're not paying right. attention to what someone's saying to you. Yeah. Right. And ideally yeah. you should be paying attention to what they're where the, the gifts that they're offering you and just responding to that in the in the in the in the moment. But from a public speaking perspective, it's like what what's your goal with this? What do you want people to leave this with? What's your it's got to be what's your big why for giving this talk on this on this topic? If you stay focused on that mission and the value that you're delivering. So the message less on the messenger. Mm-hmm. That's easier said than done. And that's why you got to get out in front of audiences numerous times before you reach that sort of comfort level. You can sure. just associate with, what am I doing with my hands? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Practice. How it's am, all about how practice. How am I standing? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. This has been part one of our interview. I hope you'll tune in next week for part two. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, please take a moment to give the podcast a review. It's greatly appreciated and super helpful. Until next time.